Hello and welcome back to the Hiker Podcast. I am your host, Owen Hamilton. It's been a couple of weeks, more than a couple of weeks, since we've had a show, since we've had an episode. Uh, What can I say? We take some breaks here and there and that's just the nature of this business. Hiker is a startup, we are a small team uh, and I'm leading the marketing and I just get dragged into lots of different things. Dragged makes it sound like it's a bad thing. I love this job. This is the best job I've ever had. Imagine getting to start a business with your friends about hiking, you know, to, to, to start a business that helps people get outdoors and look at map. I'm actually looking at a map right now. I have a map open in front of the screen right now. Then this is my job. Um, pinch me. But yeah, I, I just got sidetracked by lots of different things. We've had tons of new features and functionality that's come out on the apps uh, over the past number of, of weeks and we've also launched a couple of other programs where we're supporting trade organizations and hiking clubs and hill walking clubs around Ireland and the well the world and it's just been really really busy but I'm delighted that we're back on uh, we have a few uh, podcasts few interviews lined up over the next few weeks so uh, I'll try and stay on trail for the next while. So this week on the show, I am rejoined for the second time by a guest that I had on the show previously, Cal Dobbs. You might remember Cal from an interview we did back in, I want to say October or November. I'm not entirely sure, but we had a great conversation just after Cal completed. So this week on the show, I am rejoined for the second time by a guest that we had previously on the show. Cal Dobbs. You might remember Cal from a conversation we had back in October, November of last year, where Cal had recently completed a Triple Crown hike. That's the Continental Divide Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Appalachian Trail. The the Triple Crown is the crowning glory of all through hiking in the United States of America. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, But Cal also was the first trans person to have hiked all three of these trails. We had an amazing conversation back then and we had an amazing conversation today. Since we spoke, uh, Cal underwent major transformational surgery and also gathered enough energy and strength to run across California, uh, the first state and first stage of a transcontinental or trans-American run. Now, I know this is a hiking show, we talk about hiking, uh, but we're also an outdoor show and we're also a, a a show about everybody enjoying the outdoors together. And as some of you might know from listening to this show, I myself am a runner, I love endurance sports, endurance running. So I had to I had to bring Cal back onto the show, not just for running, but also for the message that underlies this. Uh, Cal's doing this because he is also a lover of uh, endurance sports he's an athlete he's like raised as an athlete has ran his entire life um and th- this was a goal that he had since being a small child but it became something much bigger and we go into that uh, the reasons why he chose to do this run uh, we had a fantastic conversation i got to i got to delve into another sport i got to finally have my little t- chat about running and 
I believe that we we had a, a yeah just a good conversation about the the issues that were, that face the trans community in the United States and around the world. But just before we get into the interview, here is a message from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hiker, the hiking maps app. Hiker is a mobile app that enables hikers all over the world to plan, navigate, and track their hiking adventures. If you're planning a long distance hike, a through hike, or any kind of hike, Hiker will keep you on track and help you to plan out your adventure. We have hundreds of thousands of campsite listings, water sources, hostels, lodges, hotels, all within your chosen route so you can plan your perfect hike. Maybe you don't want the curated trails and you want to plan your own route. Well, we've got you covered. You can design your own custom route using either our website or app and save directly to your smartphone for offline use. And all users can download trail maps for free to their smartphone. Yes, that's right, free. You don't need a subscription for offline maps with Hiker. Simply log in and you're good to go. Of course, there is a premium model, which will get you access to even more great features, such as premium maps like OS, Harvey, Swiss Topo, IGN, East-West Maps. You'll also gain access to other features like trail stages, print maps, and the new Live Locator. Live Locator allows you to share your location with anyone using the app. Showing your location on a high quality map ensures your safety contacts know where you are when they need to. The best thing is that they don't even need the app. They can simply view your movement on any web browser. To find out more about Hiker, head over to hiker.com, that's H-I-I-K-E-R.com, or download the free app from your local app store today. And without further ado, here is my interview with Cal Dobbs. Um, also, does, does how I look matter? Because the lighting in no. this room is horrible. And no, no, not at all. Uh, I, I still have yet to invest in proper camera equipment to make this into a video podcast. I love to, to do that. Yeah. But as, as all things marketing for Hiker, like my, my, day, my days are just like slipping away. I literally looked at my clock today, like 20 minutes before this, this and I said, oh God, my entire day is gone. Right, oh dear. <laughs> but that's what happens when you're busy. So it is, it is, and it's not a, it's not a really bad complaint. Although my list of things that I said that I was going to get done today is still there. <laughs> and somehow um, it never gets shorter. It only ever gets longer. I find. <laughs> it does. Yeah, throughout the day, you're just like, wait, I, I thought I only had four things to do today. Now I have twenty four <laughs> things to do today. <laughs> I know that feeling. Mm. Yeah. But so, Cal, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no, go for it, go for it. Where are you? Where are you right now? I Not specifically. In, yes, I know. <laughs> Address is, <laughs> I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, a couple days ago, I crossed over my first state border um, from California into Arizona. And we are moving east. Congratulations. One state down out of... How many states do you plan to cross? Oh, man, I got to count now. We're going to cross California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and end in Florida. So that's eight states. 
and it's gonna be hot the entire time because you've chosen the southern states as well that's right (laughs) i've not only chosen the southern states but i've chosen the summer to do this which to many would seem like you know just the silliest thing you could do. I feel fortunate that I was raised in the heat. I feel very comfortable in the heat, not so much with the humidity, but I also know that I'll have a support crew. I have access to all of the things that I need and there's really no timeline for this. So if I wanted to slow down or if I want to take like a three hour break during the peak heat of the day, I can afford to do that and then run into the night and stuff like that. So it's, it's all yeah. about being flexible and enjoying the journey. Of course. Yeah. And I suppose just to tap into exactly what it is that you're doing, you're, you're running across the United States of America. That's right. From California to Florida. That's nuts. Like, yeah, as we said before this, we don't typically talk about running, but as a little treat for you and a little treat for me, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about running, but I suppose tying everything back into the, into, into the outdoors and our love for mm-hmm. nature and love for, for human beings. Um, and like you said, it's, it's exactly the same. It's just going a little bit faster on foot. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Hike your own hike, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, So why are you doing this? Why are you running across the entire United States? I know it sounds silly when you say it out loud, doesn't it? (laughs) I suppose anything you do outdoors, I'm going for, I'm running around. I'm running around, you know, I'm just going faster. To the top of the mountain and then I'm going to walk back. Like why even start, right? It's going to make me happy. Yeah. Exactly. But that's really what it comes down to is these things bring us joy. And I think that, they sound silly when you look at how there's kind of no point. And that really speaks to that. It's not a destination. It's about the journey. It's about the things you see along the way. It's about how your body feels. It's about the things you think about. It's about just being there and being present. And so I actually had this dream of running across America in middle school. I've always been a distance runner. Even when I was a kid, I was that little kid that was always running away from my parents because I just wanted to run. Um, And then I went on to be a collegiate runner and then uh, an ultra marathoner, which is what I am now. And I never gave up that dream of running across America. And I've done a lot of other things and the, you know, a lot of endurance activities in the outdoors, as you know. Um, But this is the dream that stayed consistent. What I didn't know when I decided I was going to run across America as a kid was that it would be for something so much bigger than myself. um, And that it would be unfortunately right on time with what's happening Mm. politically in the states right now in terms of anti-transgender legislation. I myself am a transgender athlete and I also require um, and have benefited from gender affirming health care. And those are the two main stages that this anti-trans legislation is being waged on is exclusion of trans people in sports consistent with their gender identity and prohibiting or limiting their access to gender affirming health care. So this is all very personal to me. And it's not beyond me that not only is this about fulfilling a childhood dream of running across the country, but it's also about honoring my little childhood self who 
knew that he was a boy and didn't have the language to talk about that or articulate that. And it wasn't safe either. And so I came out as trans um, as an adult, as a young adult, and it feels very personal, um, a very personal kind of pilgrimage to the self. And along the way, I'm hoping that by showing up in these spaces as my most authentic self, as a trans athlete, a trans ultra marathoner, that I can use the platform of this run to uplift and empower lots of other queer and trans people who are being most affected by this anti-trans legislation. I mean, you mentioned my route is also kind of a silly route to take in the peak summer heat, but it wasn't by accident. My family, um, my, my dad's side of the family is from the South. I have a lot of friends that live in Southern states. And unfortunately, even though anti-trans legislation is being um, proposed in 41 states, of over 400 bills proposed in 41 states out of the 50 in America, the main battlegrounds are in the South. And so mm. it was intentional to go through these places, not with the intention of changing people's minds, not with the intention of telling people, you're hurting trans people, you're bad, don't do that. Not at all about that. It's about yeah. going to the places where the people are most affected, the trans people are most affected by the legislation and showing up and saying, what do you need? How can I help? And to sort of become this literal and figurative, like connective tissue across geographic, political and state lines between trans communities that really need some extra love right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's I, I just I picture you running with this, uh, you know, the, the trans flame across the United mm -hmm. States. You're like the Olympic flame that's running yeah. across and you're gathering everybody and you're saying we're here we're going to compete we're like trans people are going to compete on the world stage and we should be given that opportunity so it's 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 wonderful and amazing what you're doing and Thanks. i love the support that you're getting along the way as well and i just i was looking at your website just before we came on this and i can't wait to see the documentary i can't wait to see all the content that comes out of this but it, it is truly remarkable what you are doing and and the t everybody that's involved the entire team that's involved in this project uh, i guess I, I i do want to talk about like what it takes to get this together and get off the ground or on the ground if you will but before yeah. that, like you also just went through something quite substantial physically. Um, you went through transition, transitional surgery. Do you want to talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit? I would love to. Yes. It's funny, actually. I had my last post-op, post-surgery appointment with my surgeon a couple of days before I left for the run. And I was like, are we all good? I'm cleared to run. And he was like, if you feel good, you're good. And I said, is this the fastest recovery you've seen from, you know, bed to running across America? And he said, Cal, this is the only 
from the bed to running across America recovery I've ever seen. I was like, so what I'm hearing is I win, right? Um, <laughs> that, that competitive uh, streak just goes straight yeah, out. Exactly. No, so I, I so appreciate this question. In late January of this year, I got gender affirming top surgery. I myself am a trans masculine individual. Um, and I, and it has everything to do with running and just sort of like what it means to create a home in yourself that feels authentic and feels like home. Um, growing up, you know, being raised traditionally to sort of be a girl and stuff, it, that language never felt right. I never, once I started going through puberty, I was always very uncomfortable in my body, very uncomfortable with the changes. And in middle school, around the time that I came up with the dream to run across America, I started binding my chest like secretly because I had all of this gender dysphoria. And gender dysphoria, for people who don't know, is sort of when you feel uncomfortable in your own skin because the world perceives you in a different way than you feel inside. There's this, what I find is sort of a wrong way of looking at it, which is that trans people are born in the quote unquote wrong body. I, I disagree with that. There's no such thing as the wrong body. A body can't be wrong. So then people ask, then why do you want to change it? And I say, it's not because there's anything wrong with my body. It's not about being born in the wrong body. It's because we all make changes to our bodies to make them feel more like home. Even the clothes we wear, the way that we present our outsides are a reflection of our insides, right? Anyone who dyes their hair has a tattoo, you know, what you choose to wear on a given day. It's all about projecting to the world who you feel that you are on the inside. And it's no different for trans people. And I think explaining it in that way can give people a good understanding. I mean, think of any woman who gets breast augmentation, you know, it's like that is gender affirming surgery. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, and so for me, I always had a lot of dysphoria, feeling like there was this part of my body that didn't match the way that I felt on the inside. So, um, so I got gender affirming top surgery and I, it was such a beautifully wonderful spiritual experience where it's almost as if I saw myself for the first time, because for the first time in my life, my outsides reflected who I am on the inside. And it was just such a magical spiritual experience. And I knew that I had to do that before my run across America, because it would have felt wrong to show up in for this project in a way that didn't feel authentically me. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that everyone can understand. It's like if you're giving a big presentation at work yeah. and then you're like, you show up in your pajamas, something feels wrong. <laughs> you know? So you have to make it match who you truly are. Um, and that's right. really what it was about for me. And I want to, I'm running to make sure that every trans person has access to whatever you know, procedures or healthcare they need to also feel that they can exist authentically in their own body. Yeah, and it, it it plays directly into that that saying that you know 
you have to see yourself in in that so like you're running through these communities through these towns you're trying to gather the support or not not just gather support but you're running through to show show up for these people mm-hmm. uh, and they want to you want to be able to show them within you as well um or a version of them within you too um but again i want to jump back into the running again i'm sorry just uh, like i never get to do this so so like training wise like because like, you were going through this huge physical transformation mm. and you're currently running th- across the united states you've c- covered t- 275 About miles 300 miles now About 300 miles in 10 days mm-hmm. like that's oh, over a marathon in about 12 days Okay, well, still, like that's roughly about a marathon a day. Yeah. <laughs> like in Southern California heat. <laughs> like, so there's there's running a marathon every day is one thing, but running it in that heat, but then running it all those conditions, and you have just gone through this 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 transformational surgery. Mm-hmm. You know how? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Well, what I'll say is that. It's quite literally a marathon, not a sprint, you know, running Mm. across America. And so sustainability for me is incredibly important. I mean, this project is way too important to risk doing something stupid like getting injured. So I'm very Mm. intentional with listening to my body, um, making sure that I'm, you know, hearing it when it needs recovery, honoring what it needs. I mean, I took some days off in there too, where I did no miles. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm currently taking a couple days off here in Arizona because it is very stressful on the body. I mean, I wasn't allowed to do any physical activity after my surgery. And there was about two weeks after the procedure where I couldn't even really lift my arms up to like drink a glass of water. Like I was very like bedridden, physically dependent on people around me to do very basic tasks. And so turning around a month after something like that, um, to do this. I, I don't recommend it. I think the only reason that I personally was able or am able to do it is my body has healed very quickly. And that's just, that's just the gift of youth, you know? Um, so I do feel very lucky. I had a pretty painless recovery from my top surgery. Um, and really at this point, it's about taking care of the scars, making sure there's no like sun exposure. I don't have any pain. The only residual effects is there's some nerve damage. So I don't have much feeling in my chest. Um, but that doesn't really impact the running at all, which is lucky. Um, really, it, 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 is, it is in a weird way. Sorry to interrupt, but in yeah. a weird way, like with your, when you're wearing your your bag as well, it's mm-hmm. like that's yeah, the there's dream. no chafing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, if I got chafing, I wouldn't feel it. And so, really, the only thing that I was set back is I couldn't train for this, yeah. which is less about cardio cardiovascular capacity because I'm running so slow, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. not racing. Thing, a marathon I'm doing I'm doing about 25 26 miles a day but in like six or seven hours so it's a yeah. it's very slow so my cardio is fine it's really just about the muscles so yeah. I make sure to be very intentional about like warming up rolling out um, nutritionally I um, am very intentional about getting all of my nutritional needs met making sure I'm getting a lot of rest 
And really that looks like being in tune with your body. Um, And I think that has everything to do with kind of with like being trans. It's like knowing yourself to know what Mm. your body needs, knowing how to interpret its language. And I think growing up being a competitive athlete, I mean, I've been a competitive athlete in, I was like a four sport athlete kid um, since I was four years old. I was trained kind of to not listen to my body. I I was raised very much in the mind over matter kind of Mm -hmm. philosophy. And I simply don't agree with that as an adult. Like I don't think it's healthy to override your body's language and your body's messages with your mind. And I think that's something that everyone in the outdoors can relate to. And I'm a coach now too. And I see these kids, they think that being tough and being brave means not listening to their body, running through injury, things like that. And I see that in the... Oh, sorry. Truman. Hey, come. Oh, Truman. (laughs) I know the hiking dog. You know, I see that in the outdoor community too, where it's like a badge of honor to override your body's capacity with your mind. And I just think that's so damaging. Um, I think we should be honoring our bodies, loving our bodies, and sort of unlearning the idea that being strong and tough means not listening to your body. In fact, it's the opposite. Yeah, I, 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 I... I've I've heard that kind of same idea kind of portrayed a few different ways, and 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 just another person that comes to mind is Courtney DeWalter. Yeah. Um. And okay. everybody does think that she is doing this mind over matter thing. She's not. Mm-hmm. She's actually her mind. She's she's really getting into her mind. Like, yeah. for anybody that doesn't know, Courtney DeWalter is like probably yeah. uh, the most amazing uh, ultra runner of all time like yeah. she has won the moab she's won a bunch of different races all around the world she i think oh, she won God. the moab by like 10 hours or something like that something crazy yeah, um she's a force she's unbelievable yeah. uh, but uh, she talks about getting into the pain cave and everybody as soon as you hear pain cave it's probably a bad name for it because you think that it's this like oh i'm gonna like just like tough through this and just like not listen to my brain, you know, I'm, uh, but it's, it's the complete opposite. It's actually going into a state of, of meditative, a state of meditation, understand, like listening to your body, listen to your brain, listen to everything that's happening and, and kind of going, yeah, you are probably on the outside, just like a zombie, but you are actually figuring out, okay, all right, my foot is a little bit sore or like my stomach, you know, I, I'm really in tune with what actually is going on. So, mm. um, yeah. It, uh, and as you said, like it's, it's you talking to your body and finding out what it needs much yeah. like what you're, what you did and what you cur- always do. And everybody does as a trans person where you're, you're listening to your body and figuring out, what do I need? And you did that. Yes. It's very much about connection instead of disconnection. And Mm. that was really something that being trans taught me as an athlete. Like I became a better athlete when I started to figure out who I truly am because there's a philosophy in in a lot of sports where your body is the enemy almost, where it's like, Mm. oh my physical corporeal form puts limitations on my ability. 
and I don't see my body as an enemy anymore. That's the same philosophy of trans people are born in the wrong body. You know, the, your body is not your enemy. Your body is this beautiful spiritual vessel. And I love what you said about Courtney DeWalter and the pain cave, because there is a time and a place to hear what our body is saying and do the thing anyway and be brave. But the mm. difference being that it's not out of spite for our yes. body's human limitations. It's out of love. It's about, you know, and I, and I see this as a coach, right? And as a student, you know, if I were to listen and respond to every bodily need when my kids did an interval and they were like, hey, coach, I'm tired. I'd be like, well, then why don't you rest? But then you don't become a better runner by doing that. You become a better, there's um, Muhammad Ali, actually. Uh, I read that he didn't do the same number of intervals for every like repetition of an exercise he would do because he wouldn't start counting until he thought he couldn't do any more because he said, right. those are the ones that matter, right? Are the mm. ones when you think you can't, then you start counting when you get tired, right? And I don't see that as I'm trying to beat my body. I'm trying to conquer my body. I'm trying to mind over matter myself. I see that as I love my body. Let's see how much we can do. Let's go there. Let's go to that pain cave and let's really get into that deep meditation, meditative state that Courtney DeWalter talks about. And that's not about disconnecting from your body. That's about connecting to it and being fully in control, fully present in your body, fully present in the moment. And in order to do that, you really have to know yourself and you really mm -hmm. have to kind of love yourself, you know, because it's hard to do that out of spite or out of self-hatred or whatever. And that's really, I think, what we're seeing as a society, at least in America, is this like cultural reconciliation of who are we? That, I think, is the greatest gift that trans people have to give everyone, give the world, is that being out as a trans person, you really have to look at what society offers you in terms of gender and gender roles and expectations, and you say, thank you, but I'm going to make something different. I'm going to figure out what feels right and authentic for me. And that doesn't mean you're rejecting everything about traditional gender, but it means that you're, you just have decided for yourself that like, I don't fit into any of these boxes, so I'm going to make my own box. And then we see this backlash of, you know, individuals and you know, legislators saying, no, you have to fit into the box that we've created because I sacrifice so much to fit into this box. That's really what I'm hearing with these people is that, you know, I, I get a lot of hateful comments from women who are like, you're a woman, you have to do this and that. And I'm like, no, I don't. Just because you see me as like you doesn't mean I have to make the sacrifices that you made because I know that there are things that you did you didn't want to do. And I'm living proof that you didn't have to do those things. You know what I mean? Because I... Mm wanted I wanted to be free and so like I trans people are free we do what we want we are exactly who we are and we show up in an authentic way and we can really be beautiful gifts to the world for those who are brave enough to engage with that and say well who am I 
you know, get to know yourself. Like if I don't have to do X, Y, Z, well, what would I be doing right now? Who would I be if I didn't have to be a man or whatever, you know? Um, and that's what learning to love yourself is about for me. And that is how I show up as an athlete in my sport. Yeah. No, it's beautifully push. And, um, okay. Back to running. <laughs> yeah, yes, we'll just yes. like weave into this. <laughs> yes. Um, all related. <laughs> so, like you, you didn't. You've mentioned this already, but uh, you didn't show up to this like day one, kind of going. I'm just gonna go run across America. You have a bit of a pedigree. You've uh, you've competed. You you've been an athlete. You know, pretty much yeah. your entire life since you were four. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what kind of like distance runs? Like, have you done trail running? And uh, you know, what what are the kind of things that you've done up until this point? Yes, yes. Well, I started compete. I started running in third grade and I started competing in middle school. My dad was a distance runner too. And that was always a really special thing that he and I shared. Um, and so I ran in high school. I got recruited to run in college as well. Um, and something I found in my career as a runner was that the longer the distance got, the better I got at it. So I was like, well, how far can we take this? And I just kept going, you know, um, you know, 5Ks, then 10Ks, then half marathons, marathons, and then ultras um, once I graduated college. And then I discovered through hiking and backpacking, um, which at the time was for me the epitome of endurance, which is that you wake up, you start moving, and you don't stop until your head hits the pillow. And that sounded pretty great to me, a life of motion. I mean, I also just, I feel most alive when I'm in motion. I have an absurd amount of energy just as a person. I've always been like that. Like my parents could never tire me out as a kid. Um, And so I'm happiest when I'm moving, which is why it's such a blessing that I get to like do this as a job now is like profession, be a professional person in motion, getting from point A to point B. And so, I mean, I've done, I've done everything in terms of running. Um, and I'm also a coach. Um, I really love working with young people. I think that there's so many, I mean, we all know everyone who does sports knows that it's about so much more than the activity. It really shapes Mm. like who you are and a lot of like my values as a person, like my values of like being brave, being strong, taking risks, like being a teammate, being kind communication that comes from sports. Um, Mm. so I mean, it really did like my experience as a runner, which is my main sport, but then I've also played a lot of team sports too. Um, That has everything to do with who I am. And so I've kind of, I want to share that. I want to pay that forward. I want that freedom that I feel when I run. I want everyone to have the opportunity to feel that kind of feeling because it's truly the feeling of being alive. And that's why you know, it breaks my heart to see all this anti-trans legislation keeping trans kids out of sports because the the right to move, the right to feel free, the right to feel present in your body. I mean, that's not a political issue. These are human rights. Yeah, for sure. And and on your your, your travel so far, your run so far, like what what's been the kind of the interactions that you have? I know you've had some kind of altercation, not altercations, but you've had like run into some people, but like generally yeah. what what's it been like so far? 
Yeah, well, safety definitely is the main concern. And not just as a trans person, but just anybody doing this kind of activity. Um, Safety is of the utmost importance. There's a physical danger outside of people's ideologies, just where you're running on the roads. I mean, I don't know how it is in other countries, but here in the US, you know, people it's I'm running mostly on like two lane highways. There isn't a lot of car traffic, but they move fast when they are when there are cars. Yeah. So you have to stay alert. You have to stay vigilant. Sometimes there's not much of a shoulder on the side of the road. Um, sometimes folks will have like dogs in the yard that can come up and be intimidating, kind of try to attack you. Um, and then people, people are kind of dangerous. I, I do think that part of this is unique to America where for some reason, folks just feel a little more galvanized to harass you in America. I haven't had that experience in other countries. Um, but it's, Nine times out of 10, it's pretty harmless. Um, Mm. And I haven't had any, I I think that a lot of the harassment that I face is when people sort of at sight value read me as like a woman. So then I get like sexually harassed. Um, But I usually run with my dog Truman, who gives me what I like to call the scary dog privilege. Um, People don't usually screw with me when I've got my dog with me. And if they do, you know, pardon my language, he'll fuck them up for sure. (laughs) Truman's a real one. He takes care of me. Um, But when I don't have him running with me because he can't run with me all the time, um, there there is sort of like the the eyes in the back of my head going on. So I haven't had any scary instances yet. I have been harassed a couple times, but it was relatively innocuous. But, um, you know, I kind of just – there's an energy that you can give out and you kind of learn this, or at least I did, growing up running alone in the city, even as like a kid, you know. it's I've always been – I mean, it's probably why I'm a fast runner because I was just like scared a lot of the time, you know, running my <laughs> in LA. So you just run fast. Um, but I do feel pretty capable of anticipating what kind of dangers are coming along. I feel capable of, you know, getting out of the way of cars, de-escalating a potential verbal altercation and, you know, We'll see what happens. I am prepared mm. for, you know, various risks that I might encounter. And I will say I'm, I am, the run is getting bigger. It is getting more public. More people are mm. learning about it. There are news stories being published and I am nervous. Like I am nervous that people are going to try to come find where I am and try to, you know, screw with me. People just really don't like trans people right now. And I am in a very vulnerable situation being out in the middle of nowhere, running on these roads. There's no one around, no one to call, no phone service. I mean, it is scary, but I feel very passionately about this issue. I'm not here to change anyone's mind. I'm just, I just want to go for a run, you know? So, um, that's, yeah, that's the that's almost like the tagline for it. I just want to go for a run, and, and the I yeah. being the very important part of that, and that that's yeah. that's whoever that relates to that, you know, yes. that, that identity. So, exactly. yeah, um, I remember uh, watching documentary about uh, Ricky Gates that ran yeah, across America yeah. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think you're going to get a trolley at any point? 
Uh, probably not. I have a support <laughs> crew. I have a one person support crew. <laughs> so anything I need, I don't, I don't usually okay. have to carry too much, which is good. <laughs> That's good. Um, no, it, it is absolutely incredible what you're doing. And, uh, it, it, like it just, I suppose someone I'm like, and talking about myself here, someone who has ran, you know, long distance before and, and uh, I hope to do again in the not too distant future. It is so difficult like to to stay connected to your body and, and make sure you're get, giving it everything that it needs but to do that for for as long as you are doing it in the blistering heat but then with this like weight on your shoulders as well uh it's just it, it is admirable and i just want to say Thank congratulations you. uh so far and congratulations yeah. it, it, congratulations in advance for completing this amazing amazing task Thank um you. I want to just quickly talk about the the causes that you're 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 supporting here as well. Uh, do you want to talk about who your your the the money on on your sorry the donations on your website where they're going to and what what the what the organizations do? Yes, absolutely. I I feel that this is perhaps the most important part of the the run because this is the part that's so much bigger than me. You know, I want to use this run, this personal dream, this childhood dream that I had to build a platform to really pay it forward and to uplift all of the other people who don't get to do something cool like this. So as I mentioned, I'm stopping in several towns and cities along the way and connecting with local LGBTQ groups that are really on the ground doing the most to protect and support trans people during this time. I mean, as you may be able to imagine just living every day in a country that has made it very clear that it, they hate you, they don't want you here, they people don't want trans people to exist, you know, that is a trauma in and of its own. Um, but we're so lucky. There's so many good people, way more good than bad. I mean, most people not in a bad way, but most people don't care about trans people. They're like, yeah, you go, like you said, you run your own run and I'll run mine. Like, I don't care. Do whatever you want. And America is quote unquote, the land of the free, right? So why mm. not people just be free to do what they want? It doesn't concern you. It doesn't impact you. And I do believe most people feel that way, but there's this small critical mass of people that are doing everything within their power to make life really difficult for trans people. Um, and that's very challenging. So we're lucky there are all of these local groups doing a lot to support their local trans populations. So my intention with this run is to go to those groups and say, how can I help? How can I support you? How can I be of service to you and your cause and your movement? And a huge part of that is with fundraising. So they can have the funds to sustain the, um, the work that they're doing for their local trans population um, a lot. And then the other side of it is our documentary for trans people in America, especially in a time where a lot of the dialogue and rhetoric revolves around fear and ignorance and hatred, our best tool to fight that is being visible and providing these counter narratives, stories of trans joy, 
trans love, community, connection. And the best way that I'm finding to do that is through film and through like visual representations. So, you know, we're here in our first city um, that we're really stopping in for a while in Phoenix. We are working with a group called Equality Arizona here that is doing the most to support um, trans people in Arizona. We've gotten connected with a couple of other trans support groups and just the most wonderful people. We're also connected with um, a coalition of parents of transgender kids, which I just think is so important that trans or that parents know how to support their mm -hmm. trans kids through this. So we're connected with all of these groups. We're doing fundraisers for them and all their efforts. And we're also going to be conducting interviews where we're going to be able to sit down with folks and really create a safe space for them to talk about things they don't usually get to talk about. You know, like I get to talk with you here on this podcast, but there's lots of trans people who are doing incredible things that don't get spaces to talk about not just what what it's like to to live through these terrible times but to tell the good stories about trans community and trans resilience and just being able to talk about their gender identity in a way where people might not say, oh, that's weird or different, but might be able to say, wow, that's so beautiful because that's mm. how I feel about it. And so um, those are the main things that we're doing. We're uh, after Phoenix, we'll be traveling on to um, a couple of other places in Arizona and New Mexico and hopefully planning some uh, community runs. So we'll get to like go do a 5K with like the local LGBTQ groups. We'll get to do, I know uh, in a town in Texas, we have like a block party plan. So we'll all just get to nice. go and like party and have fun and just like be in a beautiful community. And I mean, that's kind of how I see the outdoor community in general. It's just that like, we all love the same thing. Let's just all like get together and share this beautiful space and share this love. And the number one message of this run is that we really do all have shared values. We all have the value of like wanting to love people, wanting to have fun, wanting to have joy. Want, we all value family and friendship and human connection and community. And I think it's really just about how do we make that umbrella of who we consider our friends, family, and community? How do we just make that a little bigger to include a couple more folks? Yeah. That, that's you're so spot on and it, 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 it i think the underlying thing here is the world is not binary it's just not binary We're, we are not binary people and that that you can take binary for whatever way you want but like every single person is unique in their own special way and we all are have been conditioned to fit ourselves into these boxes but that's just not the way it is and the more trans people that i've involved in my life the more uh, di uh, like uh, diversity I've involved in my life, the more confident a person that I've become, um, yeah. the, the more in tune with who I am, I have become. And yeah. that I think people do need to have education around that to understand that, that that's kind of a byproduct of what all of this, you know, if mm -hmm. people are allowed to be who they want to be, who they feel they should be, 
that's the byproduct that everybody else starts to <laughs> starts to feel it. it it is a it is this beautiful kind of like condition that happens uh yes when when people are allowed to do that you know mm. um but we've we've taken up all the time I, I wish we had more to talk about run i wish we did uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I forgot to mention you're you're only the second person that I've had back on the show. Um, oh, so, I'm honored. Yes, um, <laughs> doing different crazy things. You know, us crazy outdoor folks, we just never stop, do we? <laughs> yeah, just keep going. I did want to ask you. I suppose in terms of the the difference between a through hike and doing this, obviously, there's the there's a whole load of differences the gear the the pace the the elevation you're going on trails versus you're going on roads but mm-hmm. like the your day like it, it must look so different because you're probably going down the, as you said like these roads where there's no one there's literally no one yeah yeah and are, are you like the, the, but the communities as well because when you're through hiking i'm sure you're going through these lovely little community towns and they're they're kind of used to through hikers coming through but you're going through communities where they're like why is there someone running through the <laughs> our village yes yes it's so funny that is probably the main difference is that like with a through hike if you're on an established trail they know that you're a hiker and they know who you are um yeah. nobody is expecting to see anybody run and it is a little um disconcerting because I do get a lot of cars driving past and they're just like staring at me. And I'm like, are you going to pull over? And are we going to, I'm about to have to fight you. Like what's going to happen. But I think it really is just sort of a genuine curiosity. That is like a human thing where people are like, I mean, I I think about from their perspective, what must they, what would I think if I was in the middle of Arizona and I saw just a random person running with an orange backpack, you know, because we're kind of used to seeing vagrant wanderers here in America. And you can Mm. tell somebody's, you know, a homeless person, maybe they look like they haven't showered in a while. But I mean, I'm out here wearing like a floral shirt with an or a bright orange backpack. I have a very clean and like cute looking dog. I've got my sunglasses. And it's just I mean, if I saw that I would be like, what the hell? How did they get here? Like, what the hell? compelling this person to be running I did um there was a sort of a car wreck on the side of the road and there was like five highway patrol officers and like a tow truck and I I'm very friendly so I always say hi to everybody I say how's your day um I haven't told anybody why I'm doing what I'm doing but I do mention that I'm running across America and usually people are confused and I'm like like Forrest Gump and they're like oh yeah because everybody's <laughs> Maybe, you know, um, but I mean, I was in the middle of nowhere and there was just this crowd of like big, big, like construction worker, like the tow truck guys and the highway patrol officers. And they were like, looked at me like I was from another planet. They're like, how, you know, what, what are you doing kind of? And I was like, or they said, how far are you running? And I said, all the way to Florida. And they were like, you're kidding. And I was like, nope, I'm running across America. And they were like, that's really cool. Like the, the minute you tell people what you're doing, they automatically respect you. And I, I'm hoping that will carry me through all of the really scary times where somebody's like, you know, you're on my property. What are you doing? I've heard in Texas sometimes I'll throw, you know, pull a gun out on you and stuff. And I'm hoping I can just say like, 
I'm sorry, I don't mean to bother you. I'm running across America, you know, like Forrest Gump. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I think people are Pop culture is going to save you. <laughs> yes. I think people are generally good. People are very afraid yeah. of each other here in America. But I think once you give them a smile and you tip your hat and you, you know, say, howdy, how's it going? People soften a little bit, even if in yeah. their hearts they might think they hate you. I don't think that anybody really hates anybody else once once you smile and once you have a genuine human interaction. Well, I know we've gone back into gone back into interview mode, but there there. There is there is a, a, a correlation there between through hiking and, and with the, what you're doing because same thing yeah. if you walk into a town you got a backpack on your on your back people probably know what you're doing what you who you are but so, sometimes they won't so yeah. they might go oh where are you walking to and you say I started in Campo I'm walking to uh, walking to Washington yeah. you know they're just yeah. like oh wow okay yeah. <laughs> and there's immediate like curiosity and i want to know more i want to know uh like how long has it taken you like where have you stopped where who, who have you met along your journey and i'm sure it's the same like with this where yes you might see this person that is different you might see this like mm-hmm. someone that you either you've been conditioned not to like to that is outside of your 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 ecosystem your world but as soon as they mention i'm doing this thing and you mentioned that I'm sure there's an element of them going that's pretty cool yeah exactly that's yeah. the hope that's the hope well Forrest Gump um <laughs> I wish you all the best in the rest of your journey uh I know you're Thank gonna absolutely you. smash it uh we'll be cheering you on uh, from our safe little home here over in Ireland uh yeah <laughs> uh, but maybe you can come and run across Ireland you know, I would one love of these days. That. I've heard we, it's beautiful, very different climate, that's for sure. Oh yeah, 100%. Expect, expect rain. It, you, yeah. you you will not be getting that tan around your eyes at all. I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, look, rest up, um, get, get your carbs in, get your stretching, roll out those legs, and uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's just amazing. And uh, we, as I said, we'll support this as much as we can and spread your, your good word. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be on the podcast. I want to thank Cal for coming on the show again and really, truly opening up and having that tough conversation. Um, I I actually (laughs) remarked on it since the last time we spoke. And I definitely meant it in the interview there, if you heard it. I feel like the more people like Cal that I bring into my life, the more comfortable I am in my own skin because they show me that it is perfectly acceptable to explore yourself this this way. And I feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin uh, when I have these tough conversations. And I, I, I really like to thank Cal again for for having this it wasn't t- tough this time I certainly will say it was harder the first time because I didn't understand um, and I still don't really understand but at least I am a little bit more open to it yeah, I hope that makes sense uh, anyway that's it for this week uh, we've got some more interviews all lined up I'm really excited to get them out um, and until then happy trails happy trails